another episode of the Give and Liam podcast. At the top of the show, I have to thank the Cover Podcast Network. They make all this happen. So if you can, www.thecover.com.au, check it out. You won't be you won't be dissatisfied, I promise. Subscribe to the newsletter, like us on Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Whatever social media platform you like, I think they're on there. And on that note, at Give em Liam, we're currently just on Instagram because uh, I don't use the other platforms. So give us a like, give us a follow, send us a DM, especially if you've got a story for us, especially if you want us to interview someone or you've got a question for me or one of our guests. On that note, Shouts to Ruan Smith, right? I want it known that I reported this before Super Rugby season started, that Ruan, if all things went to plan, would be the first person in Super Rugby history to receive a cap for all five Australian franchises. That's the Waratahs, the Brumbies, the Force, the Rebels, and the Reds. And he did it. 84 games of super footy. But he has won at least one cap with every franchise. There's a post on Give em Liam, at Give em Liam on Instagram, where you can see how many games he's played for each for each province, for each franchise. And don't don't Stan Sport, don't think I didn't notice you lurking around my page. Yeah, that's right. I tagged you in a post and you jacked it. And put it straight on your damn rugby page. And no shout out to me. Uh, Don't think I didn't notice that. Two days after I did it, magically, I tag you in a post, do the right thing. You put it up too. Interesting. What I want to know is where are all your researchers? Why was nobody talking about this? It's a fun story. Ruan, if you're listening, good friend of mine. From, from back in the day when you were living in Canberra. You want to come on the show, talk about it? Hit me up. I think the people would love to hear about it, love to love to hear some stories, uh, particularly from your time in Canberra where you, I think you played 51. So we're going to try and make that happen, my friend. Anyway, enough about that. Super Rugby's back. Two weeks. Two weeks of Super Footy. And I think the Australian franchises are in trouble. I just, like, look at that Crusaders team and what they're doing, and some of the players on their roster. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough to usurp them. I hope an Australian team can sneak into the finals. You know, I think it's probably a two horse race with between the Brumbies and the Reds still. But you know, the Waratahs have improved a lot, and I. I think looking at that game they played against the Reds, you know, maybe we're pretty lucky. The Reds were pretty lucky, sorry, to come away with a win there. And I guess the scary thing is is that the Waratahs have got Curtly Beal to come back from Europe at some point and Michael Hooper to come back into the lineup full-time. And, you know, you might go, oh, Liam, you know, they're just two guys. But 
you know, two guys in pretty crucial positions. You know, I've always been pretty um I've always been pretty critical of Michael Hooper, but I think last year during the test series and test window, he was fantastic. He was incredible. He was deserving of the John Eels medal. Uh he was yeah. Yeah. And he completely changed my mind, you know, about him and and what he what he can bring and what he does bring. So whatever you know, maybe it was just a year that I didn't see him play, you know, because he was over in Japan. Maybe the year in Japan helped, whatever. Whatever he did, I'm a fan now. So I think they are a smoky, but, you know, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And I think the I think the force to, uh, you know, uh, you know they, they, they trounced the Rebels. I think the Rebels are probably going to be lucky uh, to finish, you know, out of the bottom of that uh, of the Super Rugby competition, I just they're just not very good. Sorry, Melbourne, you're just not very good at footy. And that's coming from me, someone who couldn't play footy very well. So, yeah, that's tough. Um, so I think yeah, I think maybe you know they're a chance to surprise. You know they 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 were close Brumbies in, against the Brumbies in round one. So I'd be interested to see whether they can finish the game against the Tars or, or against against the Rebels, uh, the Reds, sorry. So I guess we'll see. Anyway, I've been rambling long enough. This week on the pod, Katie McCarthy from Scrunchico is joining us. I, I'm really, I was really excited to talk to her and the conversation, you know, I think you guys will like too, but... It's a really interesting business. It's such, you know, it's in such a niche. She knows her target audience and she's really captured the imagination of, you know, female athletes across a number of sports and young women, young girls are all buying into to what she's doing and she's, she's really passionate. She's got a really cool story and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. So that'll be it for me. Uh, Let's get to my conversation with Katie McCarthy from Scrunchico. Uh, Katie McCarthy, Scrunchico, thank you so much for joining the show. Firstly, how are you? Thanks, Liam. It's really good to be here. I'm awesome. It's been so busy, like getting back into obviously sport and everything. So, yeah, but I'm keen to talk to you today. I was going to say you must be completely run off your feet with, you know, Super W just around the corner NRLW yeah. just around the corner, AFLW in full swing. Like, there's so much women's sport just starting up. It must be, um, yeah, as I say, you must be just, just no time. No, it's no. I'm so excited. I feel like, um, like 2022 is going to be like a massive year for sport and inadvertently my my business as well. I love supporting women in sport, so I don't mind losing hours <laughs> of sleep making scrunchies. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, as I said to you off air a few weeks ago, like, I love your business. You know who your target market is. You know you know what you're making. You know who it's for. And I'll, I'll share with the listeners the story. So I, I coach women's footy, women's sevens, and all the girls were wearing these light blue scrunchies. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, they all have the same scrunchie. And then when I asked about it, they were like, yeah, yeah, we get it from, the, from this company called Scrunchy Co. And so then... That piqued my interest because I was like, well, if they're all getting it from the same person, there must be 
there must be something special about these these scrunchies and then that's yeah that's that's why I reached out to you yeah no it's um I don't know like I, I started my business like in 2018 um, I'm from a, a dental background so I'm an oral health therapist so um, I was I think I was five years out from university doing that and um, it just kind of you know, I wanted my own business. I'm like a type A personality person. I love sport being from Australia. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to, I don't know, um, have my own business and see where it went. Didn't have, a, you know, a, a business background at all. Um, and then, yeah, in 2018, you know, I'm a, I love running. I used to play soccer and hockey and just realized that, my hair kept coming out when I was doing long distance running and so researched um, all about, you know, what materials are good for women in sport um, and I also realized that, you know, women in sport weren't getting the, the accolades and, mm. you know, the, you know, the, the support from people. So um, that's how it all started and, you know, now we're here like four years later and I'm, Really excited to be making them for all the teams that you see on TV. It's like a pinch me moment every time I see like an athlete, a female athlete, wear my stuff. Yeah, and it's really and it, you know you you touched on an interesting point there where you, you say you know women weren't getting the accolades, but they also not getting the accessories. So you know like to my knowledge, there's only one company who makes a, a specific football boot for women, and yep. and you know even. Even in my in my work, you know, trying to order women's cut rugby jerseys, women's cut rugby shorts, impossible, yeah. really difficult to do. Yeah, I would have to, you know, send them send them samples of women's cut, you know, t shirts and training shirts and stuff, just so that they could go away and make the sample back and and send it for us. So, you know, I'll give O'Neills a shout because they they in the end got there with their with their women's apparel, but there was nothing nothing specifically for women. Like they were always wearing old men's gear yeah yeah i i find that a lot and the the cool aspect about my business is that i get to combine my love of you know bright things fashion but also a cause yeah um so you know a cause and effect i feel like every business needs that and yeah women didn't have that like i, I was watching tv i think it was 2018 when really nrlw started with the four teams mm. And I went to a few games, just club games, um, Tasha Gale, et cetera. And the the girls, they kept stopping mid-game to put their hair in because it kept coming out. And I'm like, well, if I can create something that benefits myself that I made, um, that keeps my hair in, then I can go to the athletes and get it trialed, aired, um, critiqued from them to and in their team colors as well mm. like the the fabrics i use are um sport specific um and if i can help them do that by also customization of their team and making them you know i've got this this statement look good feel good play good if if women feel good and look good they're gonna perform at their peak totally so i i have like the benefits of all all these things i just mentioned um you know, force Franchico in supporting the female athletes with that. Yeah, and I love that because I, I, you know, I, I think dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you, and you know, you, 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 you see women's footy at the moment. It's, it's, it's now probably for the first time 
it's a comparable product to the men. And I don't, I don't love saying that because it is different and they play the game differently. But yeah. in, t- in terms of the entertainment value that you're getting, and and in my view, if you're if you're a purist, if you love rugby league for what for what it is, a game of skill, watch women's footy because they are so skilled. They don't rely yeah. on their pure strength and athleticism. They manipulate space. They put the ball in the right area. It's it's actually so good to watch. But we just need to convince people, people like my you know like my dad of my dad's ilk and and those guys that that it is actually enjoyable. It is entertaining. Yeah, well, funny you say that. I actually went to the Brumbies v Waratahs game yesterday um, down in Sylvania. Yep. And, like, those girls come ready. They, yeah, yeah. they, their head was in the game. And, like, I could, I was sitting, I don't know, 10, 15 metres from the, from the field. And the thumps that you could hear, I'm just like, you know, it takes guts to be a female athlete. Mm. Like, it's just, it's just incredible what they do. And, you know, um, when I do have the chance, to go to games, I try and get to them um, to su- show support because, you know, women need the the exposure and they need the supporters and that's the way they're going to hopefully one day become full-time athletes by having the audiences there, by having different people there, you know, supporting them and at the games because you need you need the audience there for, for media especially to mm. see that women's sport is worth, the, the investment. Yeah, and I think that you know there there is some there is some good stuff. Some so ABC did a did a report the other day on you know the the discrepancy between the the male and and female pay in yes. yeah in sports. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, I've known this working in in the sport. Rugby is way behind every everyone else. Rugby union, um, yep. you know, the the Super W girls are unpaid. The Aon Uni Sevens girls are unpaid, and then. There is, I guess, one area where rugby is maybe ahead of the curve is in sevens on the national team. There is parity there. So the minimum contract is 50 for men and, and 50 for women. Yeah. But that's largely because it's an Olympic sport. And yeah. part of their funding agreement is that they have to, they have to um, pay equally for, for sevens. So it's really hard, you know, when, when you consider that not only are these girls trying to forge athletic careers... They're also managing families in some instances. They're managing a study load. They're they're managing a study load. They're managing a workload, full time job, whatever. And then after after all that during the day, they then they then get into a gym or onto a, a training field or or onto a, or onto a game, and yeah. uh, and you know as you say, they bring the noise. They bring the energy. They bring it. It's yeah yeah. I can only imagine how how difficult that would be. Yeah, I was I was actually um, I did like a little interview on Friday and just to get women, you know, to, to see what their schedules are because they're at work and then, you know, to hear that they've got four hours of training three days a week with trial games, they have to be in the gym together to train together to be, you know, that family coherency like in like to form a family as well as a team to get to know each other yeah. and connect on that deeper level and then to also have the game. Like it's, you know, you're essentially, you've essentially got two full-time jobs as an athlete. But then if you want to bring into the, the family, the connections, the events you're required to go to, it's it's a full-time job. And it's just, it saddens me and, you know, frustrates me that women aren't, you know, we're not at that level. But here's the thing, they're making big progress totally. to get there. Yeah. 
like if you think about it like the the sports that we're seeing on tv four years ago we we weren't seeing on tv so like nrlw um union um and you've got like you know the big the big channels are starting to you know move the cogs they're they're starting to get people excited and you know to have as i saw like to have people like female athletes in positions where they can promote the game. So, you know, on Fox Sports, they've just promoted just Sergis's, sorry, <laughs> just Sergis <laughs> um, as one of the reporters. And then, you know, having Alana, Alana Ferguson and Erin Molan, who I think is like a trailblazer in mm, reporting totally. women's sport and having her on the platform, um, you know, talking to athletes, female athletes and getting um, the exposure that they need. I feel like, while there's still a long way to go, they've already achieved a lot, which is really good to see. Yeah, and I think I think the the other thing is the clubs, you know, the traditional the NRL clubs, the yeah. the Super Rugby clubs, AFL clubs, yeah. actually getting behind them and and providing resources to them. I know it's not perfect, and I can only really speak for what the Brumbies are doing. And for the yeah. first for the first time. Uh, since I've been involved in, in women's footy in Canberra, the Brumbies have really thrown all of the resources that they have, that the men's program has across to the women's program. You know, they've got a photographer at every training session. They've got a videographer at every every training session. They're doing, you know, media almost every, local media almost every day. They've got, yeah. you know, four four coaches. Like I can remember when it was just one coach. <laughs> it was yeah. just one dude doing yeah. doing the whole thing. So four, and, and not just, you know, four for parents coaching the team it's it's four really high highly qualified coaches and i think i think the clubs in a way should definitely be commended for that because you know in by showing support by showing that they believe in in the women's product hopefully the flow on is that the fans follow the media follows and and all of that because if if the organizations see value in it then then everyone else should see value in it as well yeah, and I'm just going to touch on when you said, you know, they've got their own videographer, they've got their own um, medical staff. People want to see that. Totally. Uh, speaking from a business point of view, but also speaking from a fan point of view, I want to know what's going on behind the scenes, how they get ready for a, a game. I want to know the players personally so I can invest my time in getting to know the athletes. Mm. So then I know how they play, what they train and have, you know, a deeper appreciation for women's sport in general. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people need to see and it's really good that that's starting to be seen as well as, you know, putting female athletes on that platform where we can see personally from, you know, their personal accounts and whatever and then also cross-promoting their team as well. Um, so yeah. that, that's a really good thing that you're beginning to see as well as, you know, having – all the people that, you know, I feel like there's been a big shift in your mainstream teams. Um, yeah. Like, you know, you've got, you've got like your, your super rugby teams and then you've got your NRL teams that are all shifting to also promote female sport. Mm. Yeah. As you said. Yeah. And, and you know, that, I think that is, that is the first step in probably 30 or 40 steps to, to yeah. parody. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, there's probably another thirty or forty after that to to really to make it so that you know these girls can you know can finish school and and go to university while playing professional football. Do it do it full time. You know, have that have that freedom and flexibility. And it's not just you know a small portion of what they do. It's it's actually their mm. their career. Um, and the 
the good thing about women in sport is that they they are a well-rounded person you know they've got they've got the degree they've got the tape course they've got their the expertise what they're in but then they're also professionals at a sport like that's in, that that's incredible speaking from you know talking like from experience from speaking to athletes mm. they're you know, they know how to talk to the media without any training. Mm. They know how to talk to people and connect with people. Like it, it really, it makes me happy when I see like female athletes go into community games. Mm. Like I'm, I've, I haven't seen many male athletes do that. And it's because females are in, they're in that, that section where they're growing the game. They want to be at community grassroots sport and I feel like that's the perfect place for them to be, to get into the community, to talk about, you know, if one if one athlete can can encourage a little girl to play sport, no matter what other people say to her, then that's going to create so many more streams of other little girls playing. And that's what you need. You need starting from grassroots and then going up the ranks. And that's why so many like so many sports have seen such a big uptake in female participation as well because you've got all the athletes doing the groundwork to make it bigger. Yeah, and I think at the, you know, at the at the end of the day, they really care. In yeah, my experience, they really care about that level and making sure that that they're visible to to the little girls playing or, or just yeah. just picking up the game, you know. I, I'm I'm a product of the rugby, the the private schoolboy rugby system, <laughs> yeah. and you know I was handed everything. Like I, yeah. you know, I didn't have to think about it. Like I went to a fancy school, and virtually my entire schooling life, that they they won't see it this way, but certainly reflecting my entire schooling life revolved around my my footy, making yeah. sure I had time to lift, making sure I had time to to practice. All of that. Then I left that, went straight into a Super Rugby Academy where everything was handed to me again. I didn't, you know, I was thirty before I had to pay for a gym membership. But this is what I mean. So, so for someone like me, not me, because I really do care about that level of football. But for someone like me, we're not exposed to that. To that, we only yeah. really see the elite, right? And so, yeah. to go to to go to club footy is like well. I don't have a connection there because I didn't come. I didn't come through that pathway. I was really yeah. shielded from that. Well, I saw a great post from Semi Wood. She plays for the Brumbies. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, like she shared um, the female athlete podcasts. Um, that what we were talking about that the pay. Yeah. And she said they they do it for the passion. Like you yeah. know, they're not getting paid anything, but they still show up to the games because they're so passionate about their sport mm. and you know that's I take my hat off to athletes like that because if I'm putting in that much time um I you know I would expect you'd expect some kind of I would expect some kind of <laughs> conversation yeah exactly like yeah the, the uniforms are cool the scrunchies are pretty but I, I want something to but totally you know you you know, when you're when you're a kid, the kid is you know that's what you want. You want the tracksuit and and all of that. That's yeah. the, that's the compensation you get. And, yeah. You know, even though your parents are usually paying a couple hundred bucks for you to for you for you to get that stuff, but you know, as you come into adulthood, of course you want you want to you want to be compensated for your time. Your time is valuable because yeah. it's because it's time you, something you can't get back. Yeah, and it's it's time you could be spent starting a business or or getting your degree done. Like I, I know I know a lot of girls. 
who've put they've not put university on the back burner, but they've pulled back. You know, they're doing one or two yeah. subjects instead of instead of the full load, just just to pursue the, pursue the goal of, of wearing that gold jersey or, or, or wearing their their state colours for no for no compensation. Yeah. So it's a huge it's a, it is a huge trade off and a huge sacrifice that unfortunately a lot of them have to make. And one thing that we haven't touched on is like a lot of female athletes put off doing life things like having oh, babies, yeah. getting yeah, yeah. married. Yeah. Like and by and like the amount of stress that sport at high performance sport puts on female body as well. Like a lot of people don't talk about that. Mm. Um, and that needs to be commended because you know some people like sport plays havoc on on the female body. It stops a lot of like. Um, like yeah. the menstrual cycle, for instance, right, like yeah. it's not if they're if they're you know if their body's under duress. So there's so many things that people don't think of, mm. and for you know to still see comments um, from let's say like I'm going to be honest and blunt, like from men saying that you know we just don't have the talent or we just you know it's boring. Then they need to they need to get a grip on life and you know get on the field. I bet they w- I bet a female athlete would take them every single day. Totally, I, I can promise you, and and I have seen a lot of this. And a little while ago, I got, I'd kind of just had enough. I'd had a bad day at work, <laughs> and the wrong guy commented, and it, and it was an athlete that I'd worked with on a photo yeah. of hers, and um, yeah, I just I just kind of lost it, and I went I went to town, and um, and and I guess the the nice thing is that I got, I think I got about thirty texts from athletes saying thank you and that's obviously not why I did it and they shouldn't feel like they needed to say thank you but like I can promise you anyone anyone listening anyone in the world if you just spend half an hour watching one half of of women's footy I promise you'll enjoy it yeah you get into it yeah you really get into it and you know if when you have that because I've got the the knowledge from speaking from athletes when you see you know, women have to be so much more have so, so much more tact. They need to know exactly where the players are around them. Mm. The 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 lead up to every game that they have, like it's just it just makes it, you know, worth seeing athletes, female athletes play, just to know how much they do to get to a game every week. Yeah, that's why they need the support. Yeah, and and that's why we should be supporting them as. As we've touched on, it's it's not you know they're they're doing it because they love it. They're not doing it for for the money. You know, I had a I had an interesting conversation with a an NRL footy manager, so high performance manager, and he told me that with a lot of their young male athletes, footy gets in the way of their uh, esports career, playing Fortnite or playing mm-hmm. you know you yeah. know. So and he's like, it's it's really nice to see when we work with women. Because they they just absorb everything. They want more. They want you know. They want to do the work. They want to get in early. They want to leave late. Said it's chalk and cheese when dealing with some of these young athletes because all they all the all the young guys do a lot of them come in do their work and then they go home and they're up till two o'clock in the morning playing Fortnite because they can, and then it it's the the same cycle the next day and then they wonder why they don't make it. Yeah. Well, it's see, it's on. Com- um- like pole opposites for women when they get home they've probably got a family to feed or they've got study to do yeah. i know so many athletes that are at university because they don't want to they want to do it all and mm. they are doing it all mm. and they're and they're like succeeding at it mm. and that's why 
you know, women's sport is on, I think women's sport is on a whole different level. And it's funny that you say that because like when, what we're speaking about, because when I say, look, I, I deal specifically with women in sport, mm. I'm like, have you ever thought about, you know, making anything for men? And I'm like, I could not care less. About <laughs> they get everything. We get everything. <laughs> like what they want to wear. I could not, like, it does not interest me in the slightest. I'm like, my, my brand, Scrunchico, is so niche to female athletes and sport and encouraging little girls to play mm. that I don't have time to think about men. <laughs> like, no way. I can't do it. But we, like, every company makes stuff for us. Yeah, you know, exactly. And yeah. the female the female uniform is based off the male um, cutout. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we get everything. We get boots made for us. You know, we, if we, whatever we want. If you're in a professional football environment, professional sporting environment as a male, you can basically go to the company who outfits you and get anything. doesn't yeah. matter what it is. You want a, a specific kind of sleeve or compression garment, they'll, they'll get it for you. Scrunchy, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that Scrunchy Co. is focusing on women because no one else is doing it, really. Yeah. Yeah, I I found that, and that's the and that's like on my my list of things to do is to be be like apparel brand for female athletes. Mm. Um, you know, it's going to take me a while to go to to get there. And the good thing about my brand is that I'm growing with the sports, um, growing with female sports. So you know, and the and because I I talk to athletes, I know what they want. Yeah. Um, and that's how, you know, that's how I actually, I think it was the Waratahs was the first team that wore like my active scrunchies. Yeah. Um, and they were giving me like critiques on what could be better, what couldn't. And that was back, yeah, that was back in 2018. And it was really cool to see yesterday that some of the girls still now in 2022 are wearing the ones that I made in 2018, 2019. Oh, how cool. So yeah. I'm like, yes, they're working. <laughs> and none of their hair came out. So it was well, really cool to see. Well, yeah. and there's obviously longevity there. So that, you know, yeah. they've been wearing that scrun- same scrunchie now into the fourth fourth year of this competition. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, it's pretty impressive. That, yeah, um, thank you. And so, is, so that's something you're thinking about. So, you know, scrunchies yeah. and, then, and then shifting into um, more broadly like apparel. apparel. Yeah. yeah. So when I say apparel, I mean like headbands, uh, yeah. visors, you got your socks and that kind of thing. Yeah. So because... You know, the sportswear um, industry is very saturated. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, you know, like going against Nike, Adidas, like that's not even in my mind because they're such juggernaut companies. Yeah. I just want to focus on female athletes and what 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 accessories would make their lives easier. Mm. And it was funny. I was actually talking to one the other day, uh, yesterday, and they know that I work in dental, and I'm like, why don't you make like cool mouth guards for us? I'm like, oh my god, I can't get away from teeth. That's, like, how, I want to, I want to separate the two. I don't want to, I don't want to combine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would be cool to see like a scrunchico mouth guard because I know how to make them. So, <laughs> get your orders in, guys. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine? You can have it in your hair, your, yeah. your mouth. Your mouth, yeah, your on your wrists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're walking advertisement. It'd be great. <laughs> but but I, lo- I love businesses like yours. I love, yeah. I, you know, you're really 
focused in a niche and you know yeah. you know that's your niche and you just want to invest heavily in that area. I, I have a couple of friends who started a, uh, uh, a an apparel company and all the time they were talking about, you know, we're going to we're going to go up against Nike. We're going to be better than Nike. Nike was the thing. And it's like, well, it's two of you out of your garage. Like, can you have some more realistic goals to start with? Like if that's, yeah. if that's somewhere in the, in the far, far, far away, that's fine. But what have you got in between? And, it, you know, as I said, I love your business because you really, you understand your product, you pull feedback from your, from your customers and then action it and, you know, for, for me as a consumer, I would love that personally. To, yeah, to, to, you could probably fit one in your beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, might, it might look good in there, you know. <laughs> some you said no, colours. Yeah, we can, we, can, we can match it. We can, we can do anything you want. <laughs> What's the, like, you know, every business when they start up, you know, they you know, and, and you mentioned you, you're still you're in the, the dental industry. You're still working, yeah. so you you know you're managing. You're effectively managing two careers at the moment. What's the mm-hmm. What's the craziest thing that you've had to do to deliver deliver a, a, a scrunchie or or a, or a number of scrunchies? Um, it was in. I can remember it like yesterday because <laughs> you know when you said you have a son and you didn't have any sleep. This is my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do anything for it. And I remember. <laughs> I think the last time Sevens was in Sydney was 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just before, just yeah. before we shut down. All my years are like merging together, but yeah, 2020. It goes from like I remember last time I had a party for a birthday. I was 28, and now I'm turning 31. It's so weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. So the Sevens. Um, so, yeah, the sevens were coming to play and I'd contacted all the teams. So Aussie, um, Aussies, um, America, England, I had I've, I had some conversations previously with the teams and they yeah. were all keen to make them, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in Brazil. So it was like seven teams that I contacted. And so I thought I had a, a week because Kaz Watson, who, you know, she's an epic female photographer. Yeah, um, yeah. she's a I'm, legend, yeah. Yeah, we've got quite a good connection and she – she told me that the um, the captain's um, photography was on the Friday, I think it was. Yeah. But um, I had the weekend. I was already like doing so many other orders for other teams, and she she messages me and she's like, "They've brought up the captain's shoot to like Tuesday." And I'm like, "Are you kidding? It's a Sunday." <laughs> so I remember because I live in the hills in Sydney, yep. um, near Castle Hill. So yep. I was they were staying at Bank West. Oh, uh, so out, out in, yeah, okay. Parramatta. Parramatta. Um, I think they've changed the name of the stadium yeah. since. Yeah. And um, she's like, can you get the teams their scrunchies? I'm like, I've not made any. Because <laughs> I was going to segment each team over those yeah. five days that I had. Yeah. So I ended up making like 70 scrunchies on Monday. <laughs> and I got to I got to this, the actual hotel to drop the scrunchies off at 2 a.m. on Tuesday morning. <laughs> Yeah, it was oh, epic. And I remember man. going there with a bag full of scrunchies, just tired. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I went to the, I went to reception. I'm like, here, these are scrunchies. Just give them to. The, I had all of them marked which players needed them. Yeah. And then I remember on Tuesday, Tuesday, because I then I had to get up at five to go to work. So I'd <laughs> out, by the time I got home, it was three, 
and I don't like to miss gym. So then I got up at 4.30. So essentially I had an hour and a half of sleep. Wow. To then go and do a nine-hour day of work. But they wore the scrunchies. Um, and, yeah, they were really good supporters. All the girls were really thankful for it. So that was probably my my most, I don't know, unbelievable kind of um, yeah. scrunchico moment by far. And, and it must have been a trip to then turn the TV on or go, or go to the game and see – there they yeah. are. Like they're, they're actually out there. They're on on the yeah. field with, with them on. Well, it's crazy you say that because, like, you know, social media is amazing with who you can connect with mm. now and who you can talk with to. And, like, I'm sure you know that, you know, you can speak to an athlete for two or three years and make this awesome friendship and have never met them. Yeah, yeah. So that, that happened to me uh, at, at the Sevens, like, when I met the U.S. team. Um They'd been wearing my stuff for like a year and a bit at that time. And then to meet them, yeah. like I'm a very, I would say I'm a very like introverted extrovert. So when, when you get to know me, um, I'm very extroverted, but I'm very shy of meeting people at the beginning. Yep. But, and I actually, um, back in 2018, when the first ever um, State of Origin game was on for the girls at North Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, Denny Davis was the first person. She was in, in touch footy. Yep. Um, she was the first person I ever reached out to and I was at the game and I was with one of my friends. I'm like, oh my God, there's Danielle. She wears my stuff. <laughs> and they were like, you have to go up to her. I'm like, oh, I'm so nervous. So like, what if, what, what, what if she doesn't know me? And then so I go up to her and I tap her on the shoulder and I'm like, hey. And I just went like um, moved my wrist. I'm like, I'm the scrunchie girl. And, <laughs> you know, like so nervous to meet people. But then, you know, also so grateful because I've thought we – we like, like we have conversations like we've known each other for years, mm. and it's just awesome to you know now that COVID's finally you know oh, going yeah. away yeah. I, and everything's getting back to a bit of normalcy. Like I would have to say the last year and a half has been very difficult for my business, mm. but there was no sport on. But over that time, I've been able to forge such great friendships with people in all codes now, even athletes in, in solo sports mm. that, you know, understand my business. And when I do reach out to athletes, they have heard of my business before and that makes me really like, grateful for all the support that, you know, female athletes give me as mm. well. Yeah. It is. It is. A, it is. It's just a big community sisterhood yeah. that um, I'm so grateful. Like it evolved into this sisterhood, like amazing community that I like, I never had a business plan, but I would never have thought in two, three years that I could make a product that brings females, female athletes together. Yeah, and it, you know, you sort of mentioned the the community and the sisterhood, and I feel like because because there's so much shared experience in 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 women's sport generally, you know, it yeah. really any time, you know, I, I've been lucky enough to work with sevens, but I've also worked with within the WNBL with with a team there, and yeah. you know. They're, they're certainly a, a, a long way ahead in terms of the the compensation that they get but you know you yeah. talk you talk to some of the the older older players who've been around for a long time and they've they've really grown with the sport you know that I was talking to one the other day and she said like when I first started I was on five thousand dollars for a you know a, effectively a six month six month contract she yeah. said now I earn 80 for for the same yeah. amount of time so the, you know, to I guess to t- to be able to tap into that uh, in in the way that you have is really special, and it's yeah. it's cool for someone like me 
who love sport and who loves businesses and when they intersect, it gets me really excited to, to, to actually see that um, firsthand with, with, with my athletes. Yeah, well, with, when you say WNBL, like they're, if, if we're talking numbers, they're 26 years ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah in, exactly. Oh, it, but it, like in front of like union and league. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they just celebrated, I think, 30 years last year in female sport and that's, in, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you can see, right, the Opals, you know, they're, every Olympics, I know they underperformed the last Olympics, but every Olympics there, it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're a gold medal hope. They're, they're, you know, at the very least going to be in that bronze medal match. And you can't tell me that there's no direct link between that success at that level and then having the professional underpinning competition. Yeah, and you know, the, the great thing about the Opals is um, – They've got such good, yes, they've got amazing staff and coaches, but some of the players are like trailblazers in their sport. Like, yeah. you know, Sarah Blykovs and Kayla George, mm. they have so much experience and, you know, to, to take those players, the younger players under their wing and show them how, you know, a female athlete should be or should attain to be, like that's, I think that kind of experience you can't, you know, it's priceless. Having those kind of players, like if I was coming into like an Opals team knowing that those players were on the team, I I would I would say like, you know, it's it's incredible that those players, you know, have that mentorship from such a young age and that, you know, those players, the, the older players are making programs for younger girls to come in and show them it's like um like how Kobe Bryant made his yeah the, uh, the Mamba Academy Mamba Cedar. Mamba Cedar. Um, yeah. Yeah. you know investing in the next generation is what all these massive players in the in the field of women's sport are doing yeah and it, I mean it won't surprise you to know that a lot of these athletes they're teachers you know that that that's what they did at university and and they love teaching so it's it's amazing for me as a as a someone who is it, who values coaching and good coaching to go to a practice where I'm not a coach and just observe. And yeah, the coach is doing his thing, but then you've got someone like Kelsey Griffin, masters of education. You know, she, she's, she's doing stuff. You've got Kelly Wilson there. Who's also a teacher. She's explaining, you know, so maybe someone doesn't understand exactly what Kelsey said. So then Kelly explains it in a different way because they've got that, that teaching background. And so you watch the way that the coaches and the athletes communicate on the court and it's just it's it's amazing to watch because you don't really get that in in men's sport because everyone coming in uh, is is either everyone coming in is sort of straight out of school now you, you very yeah. rarely get those guys who've who've gone and done their degree and sort of come in at 25 or well, they've been in that pathway to get to the elite like the a yeah. team yeah. yeah, and then you know all the older guys. You know, there's there's obvious exceptions. There's always exceptions, but a lot of the older guys they've been in there so long that they don't have the life experience that that you know someone like like a Kayla George has. It's yeah, and it and it is as I say as as a coach as someone who 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 is co- committed and devoted a, a significant portion of of my life to coaching and and communications and media as an industry to actually watch it in practice is amazing. And, yeah. it, and as you say, if I was a young player, I'd just be like, teach me. I'd just be like, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be annoying them so much just picking their brain. <laughs> I'd be in their shadow. I'd be like, yeah. what do you eat? What, do you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are your secrets? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you know it's funny you say that actually because because of um, I'm still working full time in dental. I've actually had past male athletes. So I had this one player um, from the Tigers. Like he's probably in his sixties now. Yeah. And he went back to his job that he still did while playing one game a week. He's like, <laughs> I don't know why these athletes, the the male athletes, have to you know just have their one profession. Like I was an electrician, and then yeah. I was going to my games, and yeah. it's just. And like that's what I hope for female sport that yeah. you know they've got that they've got that education in their degree, but one day that we'll have full time athletes. Yeah, yeah, and I and I I think from a from a coaching perspective too, you know, obviously as you know, I've I've came through the the male pathway system and and shifted yeah. across to coaching initially coaching teenage boys and then got this opportunity to coach women, and it really challenged me as a coach because <laughs> because they ask questions right you know yeah. you, girls fe- females are much more cerebral than male athletes and they really want to understand the why mm-hmm. so as a coach i have to look at everything that we're doing and make sure that there's a purpose and make sure that i can articulate that purpose so yeah. it it is it has it has sped up my development as a coach tenfold because and as a person, how you totally, yeah, yeah, like how you like you know connect with athletes, like yeah. you know what they're they're thinking. You probably know now what they're what they're going to ask. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you know what, your responses probably have to be so much more detailed. Yeah, yeah, and and it's not just the it's not just the why. It's then the follow. up So you give the why, and then it's the ne- the, the next follow up, and the next follow up, and yeah, the cause and effect. Yeah, yeah. totally. And and I I, I know from experience watching that a lot of older male coaches find that that they they see it as dissension which often in in men's footy it is mm. it's uh this coach like he doesn't know what he's talking about i'm going to challenge him mm. girls are, the girls are just really trying to understand because the reality is a lot of them are new to the sport too yeah, exactly, yeah. So they're just trying They've probably been inspired by an athlete to start it. Yeah. Or that's the that's a and that's another thing as well. You you're gonna find every type of female playing sport now, yeah. and that's what you want to see. You want to see different cultures. You want to see different different races of women. You want to see different ages of women. Yeah, like like there's some some athletes who are above thirty five and they're in their peak and they're female athletes and they're crushing it on the field yeah, all well, the time. You look at someone like Aaron Phillips. Playing yeah. AFLW, obviously had a really mm-hmm. successful uh, basketball career here in, in Australia and in the states and with the Opals. But you know she's she's in in traditional terms, you know, too old to play professional sport. And and mm-hmm. she's she's been incredible, not just not just as a player, but for the sport as well as an ambassador for the sport. Um, and and I think you know I think that's that's where I'd like to see sport women's sport get to and and it's really good to have you know now the four codes of sport on tv but yeah i think just just the visibility of those four codes will will get will inspire someone to go you know what i want to play cricket or or, or i want to play i, I want to swim you know whatever whatever it is and and actually stay engaged in that sport beyond you know sort of 17 18 years old because that's when we tend to see that huge dip yeah. 50% drop in um, participation yeah. from females because, you know, they're, 
most of it's maybe self-consciousness or um, what other people will think. And, you know, in that period of, you know, I would say women, well, unless you're extremely confident, um, <laughs> have that self-consciousness up till 25. Like you're in that peak um, area of growth for mm. females that you've got to show them like, no, you can do this. Yeah, and I think you, it, as, you have the ability to do this. Don't give up. Yeah, and as a society, you know, we we and it's starting to, but we really need to change that narrative around, you know, women in sport and women being active and and you know even even a lot of the subject matter on on what a woman's body should look like and and that all filters into to what you're talking about. You know, at 16, 17, 18 years old, you're right at the peak of of trying to figure out who you are. And if you've got all this external pressure on what you should look like and how you yeah. should talk and, and this, you know, yeah, of course you're going to be self-conscious. Like, mm. <laughs> and it's, it's a real shame because, I, you know, I, I know that there are a number of really, really talented footballers who we lose during that period. Yeah. And the sport, the sport suffers uh, holistically in my view. Yeah, and I feel as well, I was speaking on this yesterday that, you know, you don't want, obviously, you see off-field discretions from our male um, counterparts and <laughs> you don't want that culture being mm. brought into the female the female culture as well. And so you have to be very delicate in who they bring into the female community mm. to, to help mould and grow female sport mm. because you don't want the, that, that bad culture of um, bullying um, putting your players down, putting your like your teammates down as well. Mm. Like I've I've heard I've heard that some places are like that, and mm. that needs to change as well. The culture of you know because women women's sports at its like infancy, mm. and we we can't have any of that uh, any like bad but I know bad vibes. Yeah, we yeah. want it to be all positive and watch it grow. And it, it and it's like you know you you know now as as a business owner. Um, that it's about having the right people in the right positions, and and, and they're very hard to find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, un- unfortunately, <laughs> and and you know particularly you know because as you say, women's women's footy is going to grow. So you know the NRLW is on TV now, AFLW, Super W, but then what's going to be really important is what underpins that and the people who are involved in that in those underpinning structures because that's that's where you're going to be working with those 16 and 17 and 18 year old athletes trying to trying to push them up to the to the hopefully professional teams so it's going to be yeah. really important to to make sure and and in my view it's going to be really important to make sure we keep you know someone like Shani Williams for example you know Australian sevens captain keeping yeah. someone like her engaged in the sport hopefully yeah. in a, in a pathways capacity but even just as a personality because she has so much to offer the game not as an athlete as a as a person yeah she's an incredible person like yeah. um yeah. i know her and her partner mel and this they're they're so incredible like they're just generally nice people mm. they care so much about everyone yeah and yeah. you know that's really hard to find yeah, it's it's good it's it's good to find people that are passionate about sport, but it's also amazing to find people who are also passionate about life and learning, and then um, snowballing that down to the the younger generations. And Shani is one of those people. Yeah, and I and I think you know coming through the the male pathway, that 
aspect of of life was really lost. You know, we we had like an AWNE, and you know, it was foot, football always came first, even even in the AWNEs. So, athlete wellbeing and engagement officer, mm-hmm. um, even in her remit, and and I assume she'd been told this from higher up that football always came first. So whenever whenever there was a perceived uh, clash between study, work, and football. Football was always always the thing that that won. And I think, as you say, having having people that understand that the the, the that you need to find the balance between footy and life, you need to have those people in the pathway system because not you you don't just want good athletes. That we we can produce tons of good athletes, but we want good people. And we want yeah. to make sure we keep those we keep those people in the game, and I, I firmly think I've always felt this way that there's there were patches in my life where all I was doing was football. My performances were terrible because it's all I had. It was all I was doing. It was all I was focusing on. When I had other things going on outside of football, and football really was my escape from everyday life, my performances were incredible. So. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I've seen. Like you know, a lot of um, athletes. Um, I'm going to talk about the men's for a minute. Um, all they know is football. They've been run by their managers. They're with their team, and that's why you know when they retire, some people, some of them say they don't know what to do what next. To do. Yeah, yeah. And here's the amazing thing about female sport: they're already doing all that stuff that then can then help them go into different careers at the end of their playing career. Yep. You know, they're really taking advantage of what they've learned in sport and they're applying it to um, everyday life. And that's what the Minerva Network does as well. Mm. They're, they're using um, female athletes that have created businesses that act as mentors for current players. Mm. So, you know, women, the women's sporting realm is thinking of everything. Because, you know, we can do more things than just one thing. You know that, right, women? <laughs> yeah, yes. My, my wife my wife is is uh, constantly reminding me of that, not not through telling me, but I just watch her and I'm like, oh, man, she's got baby, she's doing, you know, she's got the vacuum out. Oh, yeah, she's on the phone. Like, she's in, she is incredible. And, yeah. and, you know, women are, women are incredible. You know, I'm seven months into, into fatherhood and, and, just seeing the how much my partner has grown and how how much she can take on is it's just it's just incredible and you know to to be able to do that in a home life and then you know in a couple of months time she'll go back to work and she'll have to manage that as well as well as yeah. looking after her other child me <laughs> so you know big baby <laughs> so but you know and it the, that translates into into sport. You know, I said I've been lucky enough to work with with a number of athletes. You know, managing all of those things, and nothing ever seems to phase them. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is when they do come to me with something, listen, because to get to a point where they've actually come to me and said, "Hey, I need to pull back from footy," then I know that it's it's big. It's something yeah. you know significant. Um, so, yeah. Well, just, look, as an example, like, you know, Ash Barty took a couple of years off tennis and Ash is world number one. Like, yeah, yep. Like sometimes you just need to do that. You need yeah. to refocus, reset, and then once you know what you want, 
then you go after it and you achieve it. Yeah, and, and you know, burnout's real because if you get so wrapped up in what you're doing, sometimes you lose sight of, and you, you've probably experienced this to, to an extent with your business, you, you sometimes lose sight of, of what you act, why you're actually doing this because you, you're just so consumed in, in one aspect. I yeah, mean, I was I was so burnt out once I got shingles. I know <laughs> I know what burnout is. Wow. wow. So yeah. the, and so there you go. And and, and and so yeah, Ash Barty is a really good example of someone who just pulled back and you know, obviously made the decision, yes, tennis is what I want to pursue. And now look at her. She's yeah. unbelievable. Unstoppable, yeah. Yeah. Awesome and, to see. And we you know, we it, it's interesting. I I've been lucky enough through this podcast to, to talk to some interesting people and, and one of them who'll feature later down the track is a sports psych or a, a, and and a mental skills coach mm-hmm. and one thing she said is female athletes speaking generally are really more about the journey right yeah so they really want to invest time in the journey and they enjoy the process of of getting getting to the goal which is the polar opposite to male athletes. All we care about is the goal. We don't care how we get there. We just care about the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, and so what, what's really interesting about that is, is that, you know, the, the journey is the exciting part. So that, that's – and as a result of that, that's why we see people, women, who get to the apex and then walk away because it's like, well, I've – I've completed my journey. It's time to it's time to do something else. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, to to me was fascinating. I'm like, why would I retire at the height of my powers? Like, let's 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 keep going. But the motivation is different because because previously or up until recently, the the compensation isn't there. The money's not there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but it's um, I know I I'm just every time I go to a game, I'm just like in awe of. Every female athlete, no matter if they're a marquee player or if there's someone just coming in, everyone is putting in the same amount of work mm. to inspire, uplift, and encourage other athletes and little girls to play. And, you know, it's a whole, just a community. Like, you know, women's sport is a small community making mm. big impact. Mm. Yeah. And, and- and that's, I, the, that's the incredible part about um, female athletes. Yeah, and I, I can definitely speak to the rugby athletes. The, the, the amount of Super W athletes who are now embedded in schools coaching girls, embedded in clubs coaching girls, you know, who are and, – and just want the game to, to grow, it's, it's really good to see. Like, I, you know, I don't know of a single Brumbies male athlete coaching – a club side or, or a women or, or a or a boys side. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um I and I also love the that a lot of teams, the professional teams, have that community factor and yep. you'll always find an athlete, a female athlete in that community. Like, you know, for instance, St. George has Kezi yep. apps. Um and, you know, you're seeing Kennedy now with the Para Eels um going into those um communities and teaching sport. Mm. But then you've also got um, you know, Corbin McGregor. Mm. Um and she has her her like um development um mm. coaching school with yeah. her friend Tana. So Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and it's and, awesome to see that. Yeah, and as you say, it's 
it's such a small community but making such a huge impact. And, and you know, what I, what I would really like to see eventually is that, you know, we, we they're littered throughout club footy, they're littered throughout junior footy and, you know, ho- you know hopefully one day we have we have just as many girls teams as boys teams at, at the junior level, you know, one in every age group or two in every age group. That, w- that would be incredible. And, and I think the, the women doing that work at the moment you know that that's obviously their goal to be visible, to show the pathway, and then to get as many as many girls playing as possible. Yeah, and yeah, that's the thing. The more you see it, the more you're going to talk about it. The more people are going to be interested, and then they're all going to go to the game. So it all has like a snowball effect. Mm. So you know, just us talking about it today, or you know, giving giving the the, the ear room for like for people to listen to. Mm. Like everyone needs to invest in, into this if we need if we want to grow it. Yeah, and and I think we need more people like you. We need more businesses getting behind getting behind women's sport through either through product or through sponsorship or or you know even just media coverage. Um, yeah, that as you say, it's it's all a snowball. And the more we invest, the more the athletes are going to get out of it, and the and the the more exposure the the sport and the athletes are going to get. And even as well, like what I've seen is um, the amount of females that are getting degrees to help people uh, women in sports so mm. you know um physios you're, you're seeing a lot of the physios or the sports masseuses they're all female um or they're trainers yeah. they're a lot of them are female and i feel like that needs to happen as well like you need female um professionals helping uh, uh female athletes yeah and from from my experience as a as a male coach you know I've, I've worked with a couple of female coaches i've worked with a female team manager physio sports trainer and doctor they bring yeah. a whole different perspective than than yeah. i have and and a whole different understanding um yeah. than, than i have so again selfishly uh, to, <laughs> as as someone who has aspirations as a coach that that has in that has sped up my development again because I have this more cerebral understanding of of athlete well being, um, mm. and and particularly some of the 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 challenges you know around around stress and around anxiety and 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 depression you know that that's it's starting to become more front of mind for all sports. But um, yeah, having having worked with with a, a mental skills coach, just understanding the way the different ways male and females process stress. It's yeah. it's totally it's been completely eye opening for me and and in a lot of instances has allowed me to to implement new strategies and and use new com- communication methods to get performances out of athletes. Well, you'll you'll probably know this having a partner, but women are very emotional creatures, <laughs> and um, you know, we put we female athletes. I'm not speaking as an athlete; I'm speaking on behalf of them, but they mm. play with emotion. Yeah. So you need to have. The, the people who can relate to those emotions as part of as part of the community. Mm. So you can't have, you know, you can't have males uh, male coaches telling women how they should or shouldn't feel. Totally. So you, you need those you need those people that can relate mm. as well, being and, part of the, being part of the the growth of it. Yeah, and you know, I I I like to think now that I'll, you know, with with my infant son. Yeah. Allow him to feel his feelings because yeah. I, because I think we're getting off on a tangent here, but it's good. 
I think often, oftentimes there's a, and I reflect on my, my childhood, you know, where, where we were always told, you know, sit over there and don't, don't, don't act up, you know, be quiet and kind of lived in fear of, of what would happen if we did feel our feelings, if we, you know, if we got angry or we got upset or, or whatever. So I like to think that now having a, a better understanding of the way, of the way stress presents itself and, and so allow him to feel his feelings and then have a discussion about it afterwards. Um, yeah, well, yeah, as you said, like emotions, um, you know, not having that life out of sport, emotions can control how you play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, you need to, and that's the thing, you need you need to speak your feelings because if you don't, you're just going to pent it up at, in, in inside and it's going to cause effects. Um, on your performance uh, as an athlete and as a, your performance as a person. Yeah, and and you know, you know, we all know that if we leave it all inside, it it manifests in very interesting and unique ways for everyone. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's often detrimental, as you say, to performance, but also to your to your personal and and even professional life. If if you're if you catch someone on the wrong day. Yeah, and that's the thing. You never know how someone else is feeling, so you can't take things personally. Mm. So, and that's the and that's one of the things that I that I spoke about with a couple of athletes, female athletes, like being on the footy field or being able to vent your feelings by doing a hard tackle. Mm. Like that's what rugby's for, right? The totally. hard hits, the intensity. It just makes them feel better as a person if that's how they want to, you know, get at their feelings or express their feelings is mm. putting in a hard tackle, put, you know, kicking the ball however far they want to kick it, you know. <laughs> well, and I certainly realised when I retired how how much energy and, you know, frustration, anger, whatever you want to call it, I was able to expel on the on the footy field so you know and it it was like six months afterwards i was like uh, uh, something something very very small set me off and i was like i need to find somewhere to put this this energy well, so I, it was a kicker of all the punch yeah. <laughs> and you know so so i started you know i started working out again and and just getting into a just getting into a, a routine because I, I went from you know a semi-professional environment at the end to just nothing. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't have to be anywhere. I don't have to do anything. I can just do nothing. And, and I realized, yeah, after about six months, how, how that was impacting my mental health, but also my temperament. Like I was very tight and angry yeah. all the time. Yeah. Well, I feel that as like a business owner too. Like um, if I haven't been to the gym, like, which is rare, two or three <laughs> days in a row, I start to feel, Oh, I need to, I need to get to the gym. Like usually I'm quite regimented. OCD about how things um, play out day to day to get everything done. But if I don't go to the gym or if I don't go for a run to like just sweat it out, then I start to feel it when I'm at work, mm. you know, seeing patients, you yep. know. So yep. it's exercise is pivotal. Like, you know, health is wealth. If you're not, if you're not healthy, there's going to be different side effects to every other part of your life. So, yep. yeah. And, and I think, you know, running you know and and i i have another another vocation that i that i do this is this is you know something i'm doing in my spare time i'm i've never been someone to to have a regiment like that i was always and it, and it comes back from just being told what to do and where to do and and when to mm -hmm. be my whole life but now 
where I'm accountable for my own time. You know, I've got family, my, my, my new family to, to prioritize as well, my work, and then, you know, my, my creative pursuits, which is this podcast and also my writing. I have to be regimented. If I'm not regimented, yeah. it, it something always has to give. And and as you, as you as you just noted, I start to get yeah anxious and and little things start to annoy me that didn't annoy me before. Yeah, yeah, I I feel I feel that because you know you can't lose lose sight of your health because if you don't have your health, you can't you can't perform right. Yeah. And that's that's not just being an athlete. That's just being a person. Yep. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's just too many people who, who get into this, you know, really fall into this like sedentary lifestyle where they go to work, they sit at a desk all day, they go home, they sit in front of the TV. You know, yeah. nutrition is often the first thing that goes when you feel like you're time poor because you don't have time to cook. And, you know, you fall into the, this rabbit hole. And, and I, I, I definitely felt that when I got my first injury, um, mm-hmm. knee injury, First surgery, Ouch. yeah. I um, I put on. I think I put on twenty five kilos in the wow. in the okay. first six months because I wasn't allowed to do anything for six months. Yeah. Um, and I was but quite, at least it would have been good if it was in COVID. You could have called it the COVID kilos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, reflecting back on that, like I was severely depressed. Yeah. Um, because I, I felt isolated from the team. I felt isolated from my family because I was living overseas. I felt yeah. isolated from my friends because I couldn't go to the beach and hang out with them. I couldn't, you know, go down to the to the Oval and play touch footy with them. And the only, you know, the and, and this is totally my fault, but the only interactions I was having was with doctors or, yeah, only it, it was with doctors and with physios. Yeah. And so, and and often it would be bad news because I wasn't doing the stuff that I was supposed to be doing. So it was all of these, just having all of these negative interactions um, and poor diet, no structure to my life. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why, that's why I think uh, women in sport is so inspiring because, you know, they're encouraging the girls because now you've, so I used to play soccer, mm. um, a, a lot of soccer rep and, and at a club level. And, you know, I think I, I can safely say I had the most amazing amazing childhood because my mum was a great supporter, my family was a great supporter of me being active. And if it wasn't for, you know, I was horse riding, hockey, soccer, if I wasn't um, encouraged to do all of that, I don't think I would be where I am today because, you know, acti- activity and ec- exercise has been such an important part of me achieving what I've what I have so far. Yep. No, I didn't. No, I'm not playing on uh, in the top teams or anything like that. But <laughs> you know, it's it's led to me to making my business because I love sports so much. So you know, combining combining like fashion, functionality, and then my passion for sport, I I, I really feel like if I hadn't have had the encouragement from you know my friends and my family and all that kind of stuff to be active and to be healthy. Yep. then I wouldn't even – my business wouldn't even be a thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Do, do you think at some point you'll make the leap and, and Scrunchy Co. will be your full-time full-time vocation? Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> this is my – I've given myself and I've told I've told my mum this is my boom year. Yep, um, So, you know, there's – I've got some pro- new products in, in production. I'm talking to some people about them. Um, all, all my all my scrunchies are handmade 
at the moment. So I'm making them all. Yep. Um, and obviously to make that leap, you have to find manufacturing. Mm. Um, you know, you have to do investment in advertising. And the good thing about my business is that it's mostly been word of mouth. Mm. Yeah. So like just the other day for First Nations um, NRL L side, NRLW side, I had a lady contact me because the girls were wearing um, the tribal scrunchies that I made them. Yep. And she contacted me and we were like, we were walking around the stadium trying to find these scrunchies oh. that the girls were wearing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, cool. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. put them here. But like, you know, there's, I'm, I'm really in, or Scrunchico is really in its own, its own lane mm. to achieve so much. Like when I talk to people and they give me ideas, they're like, your business can go so many places. Mm. And that's when I, I talked to you previous when we were chatting um, late last year yeah. Um, yeah. that, you know, um, I want to use Scrunchico to also maybe build like a, a foundation um, to help young athletes that are from low socioeconomic areas or their families just don't have the means for them to pursue their sport. So I've got so many things that I really want to do with my brand because it really is more than just a product. Yep. And I want Scrunchico to be known um, for what it's doing off the field, um, <laughs> you know, in developing, in developing female sports. So, yeah, my 2022 is like really big um, for me. Like I've got a lot of things I want to achieve um, with my business and personally that will also – you know, help Scrunchico in the long run. Mm. But yeah, I would ultimately one day want to walk into Rebel and see my brand. Like it's yeah, that'd be cool. You know, or big sporting goods or like Foot Locker, yeah. like those kind of places. Because you know, again, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And at the moment, I haven't been able to see my brand or what I do mm. out and about. And I want to be that that trailblazing kind of brand that helps female, like put females at the forefront and celebrate them. Mm. And you know, you you mentioned you got to find manufacturing, and and I'm excited to see what you know it, it, once you do, um, you know, invest in an advertising budget, how far you can spread this thing. Because you know, I found out through my athletes, but just looking, you know, social media seems to be so central to to your word of mouth and and what you've been doing. Because some of these athletes have such such big followings, they tag you, and and, and you know, the the funnel comes across, and and hopefully a couple of a couple of people are buying your products, but that process of, <laughs> yeah, just a couple. Um, but that process of, of shifting from handmade to, to, you know, finding a manufacturer, is that a little bit scary for you? Or a little bit daunting? Uh, it scares me, but it's also, if you don't take the jump, when are you going to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I've got to, you, those are the things like to, to progress as a human and as a business, you have to get into uncomfortable situations to grow. Yep. You have to be out of your comfort zone to get somewhere, to, to get places. And it's funny you say that because, like, I I look up to – I don't look up to influencers. I don't look up – in like, I use that term very loosely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, they do not influence me in the slightest. I'm yeah. looking up to people who have trailed, like, made a path, like, for business sake, like um, – mm. Sarah Blakely, she made Spanx yep. and she started that business when she was, what, 20? Yep. Um, and she got onto Oprah and then it just boomed and now mm. it's a billion dollar business. Or like I, I find I love, you know, The Rock. I, I love seeing his 
you go. Like, kind of um, inspirational things at his massive gym. Like those kind of things, you know, if I'm feeling a little bit down, oh, should I be doing this? Should Should I really... You know, where do I want to take this? When I find those kind of things, or I read, I read stories about female founders who were in the exact same position as me, mm. and then you know, you're gonna have to walk through mud to get to the, to get to the clear spot or to get to the grass. So, yep. you know, um, that's where I'm at at the moment. But yeah, it scares, it scares the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> but you know, I, I got I got some advice years ago. Um, my first sort of. Um, I guess professional or career job, um, yeah. and I, w- I was sort of at the back end of my footy career. And and he said he 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 sort of had a multifaceted business. And he said, you know, yeah, I just work to make myself redundant. I was like, what? What do you mean by that? And he's like, well, you know, when I started, I was doing graphic design, web design, sales, um, you know, a, a myriad of other things, media buying, all of that. And then he was like, so then, you know, one thing at a time, as the business grew, I was like, okay, I can put on a graphic designer. So now I'm only doing yeah. four things. Okay, I can do this. And then by the time I got there, you know, he, his his life was, you know, business development, really coming up with concepts, going and bringing in work, having fancy lunches with, with lots of rich people. It's <laughs> <laughs> obviously an oversimplification of what he did. But, you know, he... He created the life that he wanted because his whole principle from the start was, well, this business has, you know, 10 touch points and I'm just going to work to a point where I don't need to be in charge of any of them. I can just oversee the... the, Yeah, you want to work on the business instead of in it. Yeah, Yeah, that's... That's yeah. the goal. Yeah. And, um, it's, you, know, you know what's really hard as a business owner, though, is to let go of the things that you've created yeah. to then give it to somebody who probably already knows how to do it better than you anyway. Yeah, who's a specialist. Yeah, yeah like I had, um, I had 10 scrunchies that were made because um, obviously it got really big yeah. at, at, one, like, at the crux of sport and I got a couple of the <clears throat> principal colors made and when I got to sample, I'm like, oh my god, these are better than what I'm making. <laughs> um, so I know, I know what it's like. I've got a, I've got a few colors that you know. When when someone puts in an order of five and six hundred scrunchies for a club, I'm yeah. like, gee, yes. Yeah. And like, I'm just like, when they say, can I just have this color? I'm like, yes, I have it made already. <laughs> but when it's when it's like a custom color for a team or something, yeah. like, I've I've actually had a, an order. It was in 2020 for 850 scrunchies. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was like a tricolor. So if you think about it, um, I had to cut up three colors 850 times. So it ended up being like 2,500 bits of fabric. <laughs> and I'm like, Mum, she lives in Warhope. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Mum, you're coming down. I need it was help. Long weekend. Yeah. And we literally made scrunchies for three days and we got the 800 done. Yeah. And then she went and delivered them. So I don't want to do that again. Like, <laughs> it. I remember, like, we just sat there. I think, I don't know if my neck's still, like, my neck has memories of that weekend. It was oh, the just, worst. Yeah, just. Just looking down, <laughs> it was crazy. But, yeah, um, you know, as a business, you want you don't want to be doing that kind of work when you want to grow it as well. Yep. And so that's why I have, like, an excellent photographer who does my, my photos, like Kaz. And then yep. I've got, you know, the, the great thing about female athletes is that, you know, they've got degrees. So I've had some come to me and be like, when you're ready, we'd love to work for you in oh, this that's aspect. That's so cool, yeah. Because like, yeah. they understand where I'm coming from and they've been part of my business through, like, supporting it. Mm. So they, they know what it's about and they want to, you know, that's the thing. You want to work for a business that you're passionate about and mm. that you want to grow, not yeah. just to, to earn money. 
Well, and it, I think it's important, and cert, you know, certainly for for our generation, um, the the idea that you're working you're working towards a purpose. You know, you're not necessarily yes yes you have a job and you have a role within a business, but you're not tied to the work. You're tied to the purpose, and and those yeah. are the kinds of people you want to work with. Yeah, and that's the thing as well. Like the great thing about the scrunchies, or at least the the like the active ones, is that they're all they're all named after inspired by athletes. So mm. I've contacted every single one. I started off with six scrunchies in the active range and yep. now there's 40. So, <laughs> so those good. are 40 athletes that as my business has grown and, and developed, I've been inspired by those athletes. Mm. So, you know, that's, I don't think any other business does that. And, you know, to have like the biography of what the athlete does and why it inspires the business, why it inspires me, like to be able to to bring that to fruition by like collaborating with the athlete or maybe like an artist to make a scrunchie. Mm. Like when I when I tell people, they're like, "Oh, what's your business?" I'm like, "Oh, I make scrunchies." I'm like, "Oh, scrunchies." I'm like, "Yeah, but you wait. This is what I, <laughs> this is what I want to do with it." And then they're like, "Oh, well, I haven't heard of that before." You know? Yeah. Like I'm in my own lane, and that's that's another thing you need to do as a business owner. You just need to stay in your own lane. You mm. can't be you can't listen to the noise because if I'd listened to the noise back in 2018, I probably would have stopped. Mm. And, I, and I think a lot of, a lot of founders, a lot of, you know, startups, they get into a, a situation where they're, they're a bit off more than they can choose. So they've got to a point by focusing on one thing and then they're like, Oh, now I need to do 10, 10, 15 other things instead of going like, let's be the best at this. And then yeah. if there are opportunities to take on this and this and this, like, you know, when we're in a position to let's do that. Yeah, and I actually, when I speak to some people, a lot of business, they, a lot of business owners, they just want to do a business to get rich quick. Yeah. And I'm like, so how many businesses have you had? And they're like five or six. I'm like, you need to find your passion. Yeah. I'm like, this is my first and only business. Yeah. And I've been doing it for four years, and every year it's growing. Mm. I, like as a business aspect, it's growing. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting other athletes, but that's the thing. I, I'm running a business as well as you know, inspiring and having a passion for it as well. So that's that's the thing. People these days, they want to find the short, uh, as a business owner, they want to sh- like do the least work possible for maximum gain. And that's what drop shipping, like a lot of drop shipping shops, you don't see them making it big. You're, you're, you see the, the businesses like Gymshark, like mm. he started exactly the same way as me. He started sewing his um, logo <laughs> on his shirt. Yeah. And then doing the hard work of going to like the gym conferences and the muscle conferences, whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like that's what I'm doing. I'm going to games. I'm I'm speaking to athletes. I want to know their story. Um, mm. And that's the way you make a business. But here's the thing: there's a difference between a business and a brand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't understand money, that. Brand create impact. Yeah, yeah. And that's. That's and that's you know at the beginning, Scrunchego probably was a business because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And now it's and it's evolved now into a brand of very valuable, like very very valuable cause and effect. Like it's, mm. it makes me proud. Like I I don't often because I'm go go go. I don't often like just take a step back and see what I've achieved. And that's that's something that I think female athletes as well don't do. Mm. Like they achieve to the peak, but they don't often be like far out. Like mm. 
I'm only one of 26 players in the Australian team. Look what I've done to get here. Yep. And and I and, think, you know, the and, and it's funny because this was sort of part of of the the theme that I was I was working on with our seventh season at the start of the year is, you know, if if you get so wrapped up in what's next, which we're all guilty of doing, you know, whether it's yeah. in business, whether it's in your career, in your personal life, you don't enjoy what's happening in front of you. You know, you don't, you know, to, to oversimplify it, you don't play what's in front of you. You you're you're working to this to this plan that you've you've created. And if you don't take those times throughout throughout the day or, or throughout, you know, over a weekend or, or in a quiet moment to actually reflect on all of the things that have led you to to this point, you don't enjoy it. And I yeah. think, as you say, you know, the, the, the passion is so important to anything that you do, but if you get so wrapped up in, in the next thing, you don't actually, you, I guess you kind of lose that passion because you're not actually enjoying the, 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 the reason that you got involved in the first place. Yeah, and when you say that, so many people like spend years trying to find their passion and they have never found it. Yeah. And it's like you, like, you know, you're an advocate for female sport, you're in it, you're amongst it. And I'm lucky and you're lucky that at a young age, we've found our passion Mm. and what we want to do with our lives to, you know, to influence, to inspire, to create, Mm. you know. Um, And a lot of people don't find that. They just go into the nine to five. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to work. I'm like, but what it, why don't you do something that inspires you? Yeah. Why don't you do something that, you know, hopefully inspires other people to take the leap and do things? Like mm. now I'm at the point that I'm, you know, I am getting some little girls and I'm like, oh, how did you create your scrunchies? And like, how did you get into your business? I love answering those kind of things because if that answers, because if that, if that helps her, like if she does want to make scrunchies because I'm making scrunchies, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. But like if she wants to create her own business and it's inspired by what I've done, like I've, I've done my job, you know. Totally. And that's what female athletes are about as well. Like if you're inspiring a little girl to pick up a ball and start playing in club sport instead of sitting on the couch, which so many people do now, like so many kids um, oh, if, I've heard, if I hear that your little little boy has a phone in his hand or one, I'm very disappointed. Uh, no it way. Should be, it should be a ball. No but, way. You know, like yeah. if you can see like a two-year-old who knows how to use a phone, that's not a good thing. You want them to be outside. You want to inspire them. You want them to find their passion and their purpose. And, yeah, if I can do that as a business by collaborating with athletes, I feel like that's, that's what my purpose is to mm. – and to just get little girls to be active. Mm. And I think I think that's a really good spot to finish. I, I know that we've been we've been talking for an, an hour and 20 minutes now and I've really enjoyed <laughs> it. And and look to be, to be honest, um, it'd be good to do it again because I think we're only scratching the surface, but Yeah. Um, this was a lot of fun. Really yeah, a lot it of fun. Was. And, you touched on some good points. Yeah. And so people like can relate to. Yeah, and you know, I think I, I think, you know, I have a similar, I guess, a similar ethos with, with doing this podcast and, and starting this network in that, you know, if we can inspire someone to, to, to follow their dream, because I, I think you can, you can be miserable and still fail. Like mm. you, you can do something you hate and still fail at it. So why not have a crack at the thing that makes you happy? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. kudos to you as well for creating the podcast. I think it's amazing. Thank you. And, and look, I, I, 
Uh, this won't be the last time we hear from Katie. Katie's hopefully going to do some some more stuff for us. We don't, we haven't talked about what it is yet, but um, yeah, I think and and you will see the Scrunchico brand all over the Cubble website in 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 due course because uh, we want to support we want to support what she's doing and um, you know she's supporting what we're doing. So I think Thanks it's so much, I think it's going to be really good. So thanks again thank you so much it was nice chatting you too all right well that's it for this week thank you katie mccarthy thank you to the cover podcast network aka thecover.com.au please check it out please you'll love it i promise i promise you'll love it thank you to scrunchico so you will notice that that uh, from time to time they will have some banners and stuff on on our website. As I said in the pod, in the interview, sorry, we want to support them. Uh, so women's sport is obviously an area that I'm involved in, passionate about, uh, want to try and help. So hopefully I can use this platform and thecover.com.au to do it. So thankfully uh, the cover has agreed to do some advertising uh provide some links so do that thank you to riverside.fm again on the cover website you'll see some banners with riverside you want to start a podcast you think you can do it better than me you probably can hit that link purchase riverside it is a one-stop shop for recording remote podcasts you're a gamer you know hit that up you want to start a live streaming channel do that it even has applications for your business, running seminars and things. I know people use Zoom and Teams and whatever. Riverside's better. Trust me. Better product, better service, better quality. Riverside don't pay me enough. But here we are. So once again, thank you to Katie. Check out Scrunchico. If you've got long hair, short hair, whatever kind of hair, check it out. Their scrunchies do really good good work they actually tighten as they get wet so sweating is actually advantageous to the scrunchie because it it pulls your hair in tighter you can get them in all kinds of colors every scrunchie has a story it's attached to an athlete or a cause check it out buy one buy 10 buy 50 buy some for your team buy some for your rugby club and i will see you next week